Now we turn our attention to the Public Investment Corporation. South Africa's a financial juggernaut with a remarkable 2.6 trillion rand in assets under its command. Leading this institution is CEO Abel Stolle, who at the helm of the organization's transformation, who's at the helm of it rather, after its turbulent period that was caused by a flouting of governance. Now has the PIC truly turned a corner or are there lingering challenges and political influences that could continue to pose threats? We explore this for Financial Mail's Rob Rose. Rob, always a pleasure. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. So 2.6 trillion rand, it's quite a lot. But let's just recap on the PIC's mandate. Uh, Rob, what is it mandated to do? Well, essentially what the PIC is there for is to take civil servants' pensions and invest them. So this isn't, I mean, the big issue is that a lot of people in government seem to think the PIC money is government money. And the real issue is this is the savings, the kind of pension savings of civil servants. So when the politicians say, let's just use the PIC money to, you know, bail out ESCOM or bail out Transnet or Danel or any one of our fabulous state-owned companies, um, it's, not, it's not government money they're playing with. It's not, you know, taxpayer money. It's essentially the savings, retirement savings of civil servants. Um, 1.2 million of them. So you're not, you, you know, this is playing with fire. And I think... Part of the interesting part of this interview, we had a long interview with Abel Setole, who's heading the organization, is that he says that there's still this misconception in many government circles um, and in the governing ANC that this is government money and can be used for that. And you saw this in statements from Blade and Zamande, who's a, who's a minister, and various others, that this is just government money, let's use it. And that's a very dangerous sign as we head into an election. It's a very, uh, very... Uh mixed picture with the PIC because what is also very encouraging there is there was this mismanagement, there was a commission, there were recommendations and they've actually been taken on, well 90% of them. Let's talk mm. about that. Sure, I mean the Empathy Commission was to look at various deals that were you know quite sordid, certainly in the case of Erin Energy which was CAMEC, um, the PIC invested in a company that was you know run by a friend of Jacob Zuma and in the case of AO, um, they spent 4.3 billion rand investing in a company that is now worth what? That 4.3 billion is now worth, um, you know, 50 million rand. So it's had a massive diminution of value, 98%. Um, and there were a lot of political deals that seemed odd at the time. And I think this is the exact problem with politicians getting involved with, with exerting influence on this particular organisation. So the party commission investigated and said there are these things we have to do to fix it. And they are mostly through this process, but um, you know, this this is it's a it's a massive state institution. It's the largest fund manager on the continent, um, and and you know, as the CEO warned us, things could go wrong again unless we have the right governance structures in place. Let's talk about those governance structures, Rob, Rob because the ten percent of uh, you know the commission recommendations that haven't been put mm -hmm. in place are possibly the most important uh, ones. It has to do with governance, the board, and even the shareholder. Yeah, well, certainly, what the Party Commission's recommendations were is that you don't have a politician like the deputy minister, deputy finance minister, who chairs the PRC. Yet um, the PRC Amendment Act, the legislation which happened, I think it was last year or the year before, certainly codified that. So now there is definitely always a, um, the politician, the politician, the deputy finance minister who's now chairing the PRC board. So it's things like that which are poor governance. You want to minimize political interference um, and you shouldn't accentuate it. And, you know, it, it might be fine when you have a rel relatively benign administration, but, you know, imagine the administration of um, Jacob Zuma gets back in or, uh, you know, or somebody who thinks similarly along those lines, the EFF or, or you know, somebody with less economic coherence.
Now, of course, Abel Stoller, he doesn't seem like he's naive to these uh, politics. Let's speak about him as a CEO who's come in and also changed the organization around. I think he certainly gets an oddly bad from the rest of us for that. But there's also the dynamic of maybe his temperament uh, as C a CEO. Let's talk about that mm. conversation. He's a, very, he's a very demure guy. He's very quiet. And I think that that has been the criticism that the PRC has become too timid. It's not using its its heft as, a, as you know, it owns 13% of the JSE. Mm. Why isn't it intervening to say companies must do more about rocketing executive pay for, for CEOs? Um, it could do far more. And it isn't using that power as it could. And that's where the criticism comes in. You know, the PRC could be influential in how it guides discussions about wage gaps, about climate, and it's just not doing this. And I think to some extent that's that's Abel Sitola's, um character. He's a, he's a guy who says, I'm not going to use the public megaphone. But behind the scenes, trust us, we're acting. And you actually have seen evidence of that. You saw, you saw with SPA, when SPA had its huge governance hiccup last year, that the PIC behind the scenes had lobbied hard for a change in, change in the chair and change in CEO. That's what happens. But I, my personal view is you need to be company like the PRC, organization like the PRC, can be a guiding light for other shareholders to say, look, this is what's happening. This is not right. You guys should be aware of it. And they're not doing that. They're not bringing these things to the attention of the wider shareholder base, wider investor base. Doing things behind closed doors helps nobody, helps none of the smaller guys on the streets. We actually spoke to some a shareholder and uh, activists who shared a very similar uh, you know, idea of that. One of the things that uh, the CEO then said in the conversations with you is that, well, everyone still needs to do their homework. And if the PIC was mm. louder, that would keep people from uh, doing their homework. Is that a fair uh, argument? Not at all. I mean, the PIC has a role to play in saying, in saying we have a massive amount of governance analysts, ESG analysts, who look at this thing and these are the fault lines. You know, an average guy on the street who's putting his pension money in there or investing a small amount in there, they don't have that firepower. They should be able to get the benefit of the PIC saying, we've, we've looked at this, these are the problems with this particular company and everyone should know about it. So that is, a, that is, that is definitely a missed opportunity for them to to certainly steer the governance discussions in this country in, in a productive way, and they're not doing that at the moment. There are also calls for uh, what I might call the, the PIC's monopoly on the GEPF's funds, uh, you know, to be brought into question here, that if with a little bit more competition, you know, it could be a little bit more efficient at the PIC. Just speak to us about those ideas with some of the analysts that you did speak to. Of. Well, the PIC, you know, it manages money for the GEPF, for the Unemployment Insurance Fund and a few other funds. Um, you know, because they're so huge, 2.6 trillion rand, you're going to struggle to get much performance beyond the JSE because you are the JSE. So to some extent, you know, you're not going to do particularly well outside of that. You're not going to have suddenly 13% when the JSE is moving up 5% because, you, you know, you are the market. Um, but what they do do is that they, they allot out some of the funding to private private asset managers to manage. So they have, you know, a list of, what is it, 22 or whatever asset managers who manage some of the funds. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. They share around the business. Um, I mean, certainly I have a lot more faith in the PIC at this particular point with these new governance structures. And, you know, Abel Satola, as quiet as he is and demure as he is, he's a guy who was at, you know, he managed the asset manager at, at Metropolitan, like he knows what he's doing. Um, I have a lot more faith in the PIC under his tenure than previously. So, you know, at the moment they're doing well. Well, that segues perfectly into my last question for you because I was saying in South Africa, we're constantly looking for strong institutions. It's harder to find a strong one mm. uh, than it is to find uh, a weak one, actually. And is PIC one of those, uh, one of those that can get our confidence, very similar to our central bank? Absolutely. I mean, the Reserve Bank is one of those institutions that is strong, has good governance. 
Um, but equally, those are two institutions that you dare not mess up. The PIC, it's not, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier, it's not, it's not government money, it's the savings of pensioners. Um, you mess with that, you, you lose a couple of billion here and there, and then suddenly you're in serious trouble. And not just because of that particular amount of money lost, but the faith in institutions and the markets then gets rattled. That's the same as the Reserve Bank. You know, fiddling with the mandate of the Reserve Bank, um, like, like some of the ANC wanted to do, would be madness and I think would reduce confidence in our entire financial ecosystem. So it's not just what you do at the margin to that particular institution, it's what it does to the entire fabric of our financial ecosystem in the country. Well, encouraging and a fantastic article, uh, Rob. Thank you so much for speaking to us. That was Financial Mail's Rob Rose.